welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the podcast that is now accepting pre-orders. But we won't be taking cash, credit, gift cards, PayPal, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, anything from the furry checkbook or stolen items from cash converters. Also, you've lost your place in the queue and pre-orders are now closed. I am your out-of-pocket host, Fuzzy Dan, and joining to me today is my personal financier and accountant, the czar of tax evasion himself, a Mr. Judy Dutrum. How are oh, we today, sir? Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said I was good. Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said I was on a podcast. Uh, there's too many games today. I'm doing well, thank you. I, uh, I, did, I did get my, uh, as, as well as you did, we got our you know, messages saying, Hi, your pre-order is confirmed for launch day. Please pay within yes. seven days, otherwise lose your spot in queue. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well, uh, it's been an absolute schmozzle. Um, and we'll look, let's kick straight into the news because this is my first piece of news that I wanted to talk Go about. For it. Um, yes, PS5 and Xbox pre orders have now been confirmed for certain retailers within Australia and I'm sure around the world themselves. Uh, and in a cock up of ec- epic proportions, blah, 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 blah. let's try that again. In a cock up of epic proportions. I'm not even going to try this. It was a large cock-up, all right? Um, and there were, it was epically proportioned. There we go. Uh, some retailers have had to tell a fair chunk of their pre-order subscribers that they won't be getting their uh, launch consoles. They'll be having to wait until mid-later of this year or potentially early 2021. Um, wow, 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 wow. That's pretty bad. Yeah, and look... It's 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 been fucked on both accounts because you know people have set up bots to buy the consoles and then they've immediately gotten the pre-order of because the oh. bots have done it all and now they're selling it on you know Facebook Marketplace for two thousand dollars. These people can burn in hell. Um, yes, they can. I I I won't lie. I've had a couple drinks between now and the start of quarantine. I have <laughs> seen them. I have seen them pop up on the marketplace and I've told them. <laughs> to fucking remove these posts like people are like hey it's a dog adoption page it's like oh i got my playstation pre-order in if you want to buy it from it, it's two thousand dollars <laughs> like yeah. cool what's that have to do with dog adoption fuck off i will just say right now there will be people buying it because they are fucking desperate to to get in there i know there's a bunch of people um on twitter on you know on social medias that have not been able to get access to those uh those launch to, uh, the launch consoles I, my heart goes out to them because I know for myself I was feeling a lot of anxiety around all of this. I was lucky enough to get uh, to get a pre-order uh, through, so um, I know that you have also got one through, so we will be getting uh, various launch consoles, which is fantastic, but yeah, I know the anxiety that everyone else is going through, so yeah. that sucks, and everybody who was involved in organising this stuff can just... Just fucking sort your shit out because it's just bad. It's bad. It's very bad. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of things on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen it as well, um, where there are people who are getting early access to consoles. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, freelancers and journalists for some of the major uh, news websites have gotten access to the consoles and they're showing photos of them and it's just... You shake your fist at your computer. It, it was uh, I was I was you know ta- taking a look at uh, Survivor, who you know a p- potential future guest for an episode. Um, I've been watching Steve's say nice coverage. Things, say nice things. Say nice things. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Steve's coverage of it, and he's he's been doing some pretty cool shit with it. He's tested the um, the instant restart of uh, oh not restart, but like when you turn the console off and you know flip between games and stuff because it's the Xbox yeah. is supposedly supposed to have instant replay in the game. So if you quit, you know. Uh, Mafia and go into Star Wars Squadrons then you quit Star Wars Squadrons and go back into Mafia like it's an instant you instantly you're back in the game you're not back to the dashboard then go back into the game um, yeah. and he's even unplugged the console from the power and plugged it back in and it's gone instantly back into the game so cool. these guys are really putting through the consoles through their paces um, yeah, which, is, which is pretty it's, cool it's all the stuff that people want to know and it's such a weird like Console reviews at this point, like, you know, I think they're almost pointless because you know, people are going to get them and they they either have them already or the, the pre-orders or they're not going to get them until next year and they already want them. So there's no there's almost no point in reviewing it until months down the track. Like it's like this, the, the internet is going to explode with like, oh, this console's doing this and this console's doing this on the first couple of days and no one's going to care. <laughs> You either have it or you just get, like, FOMO. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Tom started to feel the FOMO from the Nerd Podcast. He's uh, he's regretting it a little. He's regretting not putting in a pre-order. Why, oh, why, Delilah? Why, 
Y O Y. But yes, so that's that's all happening. So yes, congrats to everyone who's got it, uh, got their pre-orders in. Commiserations to everyone else. Um, I will be looking for somebody to bodyguard me when I go and pick it up. So um, if anyone's interested, you might be able to come and play it for a couple of hours. If you will be my bodyguard to make sure I get home alive. Um, I so can that's be possible. your bodyguard. You can be <laughs> Lola Spell. That's the one. I, I was. I'm glad you did that instead of breaking into the Whitney Houston. And now that's for the end of the episode. Let's move on. We've also seen today, or last night, or early this morning when I wasn't sleeping, a teardown of the new PS5. So one of the texts from Sony themselves. Uh, got their hands on it and decided to pull it apart to show everyone how it fits together. Wow. And I will say there is a reason that this thing is so fucking big and it is fucking massive. You see, like, the size comparison when somebody's actually holding it, you go, that's a really fucking huge device. Um, When you look at it and they pull it apart, 95% of this thing is to deal with cooling. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. huge. The, the fan is massive. You could You could throw that through a window. Yes, you could. It, it, it's almost a window itself. Um, it's almost a water wheel. It's that big. It's it, it's really interesting how they've set it up, though. And I recommend anyone who's interested in um, in tech stuff or you know PCs and building and all that, just just having a look at the design for it. It's really interesting. Um, so the fan um, basically goes right the way through the box at the top. Um, it's a dual sided fan. It just it's just it's crazy big, um, and it sucks in a bunch of air to uh, keep everything cool. The heat sink on this thing is huge now if you don't know what a heat sink is it basically sucks away all of the heat uh, from the components that get hot to make sure that the the machine runs as fast as possible Um, so that thing's massive Um, it has special compartments so you can um, uh, vacuum it out uh, vacuum out all the dust if you need to clean it out which you know obviously a big problem on some of the consoles Uh, and it's using a very cool thing uh, where they use instead of having thermal paste which sits on the uh, the CPU uh, they are using liquid metal um, to uh, to keep that cool which is uh, something that's been around for PCs for a couple of years but is reasonably you know um, edgy as far as uh, technology for consoles so some really cool stuff in there and it was really interesting seeing them pull it apart it looks like the shells for the PS5 are going to be like they look lightweight and easily producible. So stay tuned for 5,000 different options for the outside shell of this machine. Yeah, the uh, the tattoo artist who designed my duty logo for my YouTube page, uh, I think he's he's taking a commission because you can take those white panels off. And he's yeah. already said, if someone wants me to paint something on their white panels for their PlayStations, that's fine. Send the panels my way. I'll do custom jobs and send them back to you so they can clip back on. I'm like, that's I don't mind that. That's kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it would be one of the first things that I do is get some some custom work done on there um, just to, to tidy it up or I, I just I, I can't be dealing with all that white. But as soon as they come in with um, either black or like dark grey panels or, you know, sort of that carbon black you know, that they've got for the, the uh, PS4s, I'll be getting onto that. Like I just I, th- I think white was a very bold choice um, that probably doesn't suit what I'm Would it be better if they picked like the PlayStation 1 grey? Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Like, it, it seems like out of out of theme for what PlayStation normally does, but that's fine. You know, whatever it is, like, you know, I, I'm absolutely positive that they've done that simply because, like, both both panels come off really easily, and you know, they will be replaced within seconds. So, yeah, they will absolutely be options for customizable P, uh, PS5s in the future, which is pretty cool. And uh, also the movable base, which was really cool as well. Um, so you can move the base so it doesn't have to stand up. It does. Uh, unscrew from the bottom and flips around to the side so you can um, light down as well so i think they've got some really cool features in there which they've previously missed out on um so they've made some serious uh, headway i think in uh, in showing improvements from the pre uh, from the ps4 um now i know they did that for, for the xbox as well have you seen the xbox one i have not Okay, definitely recommend watching that as well. Um, obviously, a lot less uh, heat sink stuff going on uh, because they, you know, they've never really had issues with that. Um, but yeah, just the, the different makeups that they have for uh, for the Xbox, slightly less accessible. Um, but I, I mean, for what it is, I think you know it looks great and it's already it's got enough function and design within it in, in itself. So I don't think they're going to have a massive issue with that. I think more they'll be looking for the PS fives to be. Uh, making the changes for the look and feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The, the the Xbox is just a giant black 
brick and to be honest like <laughs> it's fine it's bi- it's a big black brick it's not a big white yeah. space vagina that like is is sitting there just to me going like that's the it's white in the middle of a tv cabinet it's fucking weird so being able to change out the panels is great but i don't think you need to do it with an xbox or even with the old playstations and stuff because it's it's a black unit you don't need to, to be yeah and that's right like i i've undecided where i'm going to put mine at the moment i it may end up actually sitting behind the television um but we'll see we'll see when it comes out and how it all looks and feels but i will not be getting sleep for a couple of days and uh might be calling in sick if my boss is listening <coughs> i'm definitely not well it's the covid um <laughs> moving on anyway uh, other big news this week uh cyberpunk 2077 has gone gold yep on discs, it's been shipped. The uh, the crunch is over. Everything's in boxes, and it's going out there. Um, so anyone who doesn't know, going gold is basically the way that they uh, get approval to run across all of the platforms. Um, so across uh, the consoles, uh, they they basically in their final shipping state. Um, so there there is still crunch going on, I believe, though for day one patches. Um, but the core game of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven uh, is available and is going to be making it to the shipment date, which is very exciting not long now very nice we've only still got a month away <laughs> like seriously like dave honestly i i'm very excited to play this game i think it's going to be awesome it's i'm looking forward to getting into it but they fucked up so royally with this time frame we should have been playing this and doing it already and it's just everything about the release of this is just not good <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I've been speaking with a mate, of course, you know, about Cyberpunk, and he thinks... You have not. You don't speak to mates. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that uh, Cyberpunk is going to be, like, one of the biggest flops of all time, because he also isn't a Witcher fan. He's like, yeah, Witcher was pretty crap. I'm like, Witcher was pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah. So and I'm interested to see, you know, does it live up to the hype? Well, and that's the problem, though. We, we've talked about that, you know, already uh, people getting really super hyped for it before it's been released. They don't know what it's like, you know, all of that stuff. But also, like, you know, you, you look at it from the fact that it's a, you know, current-gen game or it's going to be a, an old-gen game when the new-gen comes out and all of a sudden, like, you know, it's behind the eight ball. Like, immediately it's it's got pressure on it to, you know, oh, well, it doesn't look at you know, the graphics don't look as good or the gameplay is not as good. There's always going to be question marks about it. And then the next part is, oh, well, is it getting the upgrade to the next set of, you know, and to, to the new consoles? I don't know if it will. I don't know if it's going to actually meet those standards so you know i I know that they you know cd project red always do you know take time and care and effort to put in a really good game but you know this game's been delayed by nearly a year and i don't know man but i'm very i'm very nervous about this one well uh, i i don't know if you have it on the news it's 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 probably not but it's a pissing off a lot of people online um i just yes. remembered it as you were talking just then um but world of warcraft expansions coming out big massive online multiplayer game um oh we, yeah i think we covered it you know the, the most recent expansion a couple of years ago and the level cap for that game was level 120 not bad sure. right the level yep. cap for the new expansion is going to be 60 and they're going to be dropping class characters down to level 50 if you're at level 120 so rather than keep lifting the levels up, they've gone, cool, the max level is going to be 60. If you're level 120, you're going back down to 50. I'm just going to say, I don't play that game, but I know people that do, and that sucks so fucking hard. Yep. That's terrible. You spent years making your character, and you you know you started him on day one launch, you got him to level 20, ah, he's back down to 50. Oh, that's gross. I feel sorry. Yep. Oh. Wow, that's 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 all I have to say. Just, just wow. Yeah. Like just boy, oh boy, Warcraft, wowie. but um, just <laughs> just make it one thirty. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's some very odd decisions being made by the guys in the WoW crew. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh well. Uh, moving on, we've got some other good news though, Judy. Let's get into some good news. Um, Steve and Alex. Do you know who they are? Uh, no. <laughs> I was okay. gonna say I know one of them's my father-in-law, one of them's me. Yes. <laughs> one of them's me. No, it's not you or your father-in-law. Uh, Steve and Alex are characters from the vi- the popular video game Minecraft. Um, now they oh, have yes. joined the team at the Smash Bros. 
So um, they have been announced in, as the latest uh, fighters to join Smash Bros. So if you're still playing Smash Bros, um, <laughs> which some people are competitively, and they're crazy, um, but yeah, they, they, they are joining, and they, they kind of look fun. So I know there's a lot of people who are very excited uh, in the Minecraft community. Um, and uh, yes, that's uh, that's happening for them. So get excited, Minecraft boys! I, I assume, I assume, girls. little Fuzz is over the moon. <clears throat> he sure is uh, because he's played Smash Bros. all of maybe twice. Um. <laughs> now he's got even more of a reason to play. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's uh, he's onto all sorts of other things at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's very exciting for uh, Minecraft and Smash Bros. People. Uh, moving on to some other game news, Dirty. Let's talk about Among Us. Now, yes, Among Us, great fun game that we played. Lots of lies, always the lies. Uh, it has topped 4.7 million searches in uh, since September on the very popular gaming website Pornhub. Wow. <laughs> How did you get the statistic? <laughs> uh, it was uh, there was a article on uh, Kutaku about it. Uh, so, yes, uh, four point seven million searches since September. It is currently challenging Fortnite uh, for the most search game on Pornhub. Uh, sweet baby Jesus, cool. you people's need help. <laughs> Cool. Uh, right. I, I did see something interesting about Among Us. Among Us has been out for for I think two years now, um, but. It's it's showing the the wave of games in which that people get uh, sick of them and over them pretty quickly. Um, yeah, sure. So Among Us has got like you know concurrently right now there's probably like three or four million people playing it and having fun and you know playing with their mates yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Four guys went from millions of players on the at the one time on Steam to twenty thousand players. They have had a massive drop Ooh. in players. Um, so I'm wondering is Among Us going to go down the same avenue as as four guys who have fallen off of their whatever the <laughs> fucking thing they're on the four uh, guys have fallen down into the goo uh, it, it's possible and i know that like but it's a, that party party mode game thing like you know you, you want to play is, with yeah, it's, it's friends. better for that yeah it's uh, I, th- I think maybe Maybe in this time of isolation, it's probably those types of games where you're connecting with people and you know playing that multiplayer experience that you can't get with some of the others. So it's they are both very unique experiences, and I think there's a lot of fun to be had on both of them. Um, you know, they are very much like you know, like we saw we played the other week. It was very much a pick up and put down. You know, you can play this for an hour or so or two hours, and you know, you put it down and you won't have to play it again for a while. But it is still fun for that small period of time that you're playing it. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Hopefully it sticks around. I mean, I think it's a really great game, but, um, yeah, we'll see uh, how that goes. But as long as they're making porn about it, mate, uh, it will continue to be popular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we, when we did the live stream the other week, um, someone said, oh, there's got to be porn about this. And within about 30 seconds, our resident weird porn expert, Mr. Ollie the Big Man Oxley, um, found some porn. <laughs> It's just so wrong. I, I never want to see that man's search history. Oh, his he needs to... No wonder his computer doesn't work. It's just <laughs> clogged oh, up. Guys, oh, guys, I've just... Uh, my computer doesn't want to do it. What do you fucking watch? You fucking pig. What did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> what weird Russian website trail did you go down? But yes, so that's happening for Among Us. Very excited for them. Congratulations, guys. Um, that's how you know you made it when there's lots and lots of porn made about you. Um, moving on to our final piece of news this week. Uh, it is in regards to the game that we're going to be discussing very shortly, uh, but I do want to talk about it right now. It is about Star Wars Squadrons. Um, there is currently, and this is uh, based on conversations uh, with some of the developers or lead developers within uh, EA, there is currently no plans for Star Wars Squadrons DLC new modes or uh, support for the Oculus Quest, which is one of the uh, PC VR headsets. Um, so as one of the discussions, we'll probably get into a little bit more in our review. Um, but yes, no plans for DLC, which seems like a huge fucking miss. I, I, what do you reckon, Dirty? I, I have been following that. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I did a video review on it. I'm doing a second video on Star Wars Squadrons at the moment, so I've been doing a bit more deep diving and some handy hints is going to be my next video. Um, but yes. it looks like the developers are fixing some issues that have uh, 
come up since launch. Apparently, there is a 20% dead zone in uh, in flight sticks, um, which if you don't know what a dead zone is, it's how much you can move the stick before it engages. So for with racing games, especially with like when Fuzzy and I play Formula 1, you generally want to have 0% dead zone. You want to have all of that control in your hand. Um, and even if you put the dead zone on 0% in squadrons, there's still 20% in the controller. So they're trying to fix- That's a, a lot. That is a lot, especially for this game. So they're trying to fix some of the bugs and, and issues and stuff like that. Um, and the the developers of the actual, you know, not the, the you know, motive YouTube uh, Twitter page, but like the developers working on the game have said, once we fix these issues, then we're going to look at potentially giving you more game modes, uh, more maps, potentially more ships, stuff like that. Because um, at the moment, it's... It, well, we'll talk about it when we're talking about the game, but there's a lot of opportunity here, um, especially yeah, for a forty yeah. to fifty dollar game. There's there's a lot you can do with what they've already set up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So uh, look, it, I mean, I would be happy to pay for DLC for this game to actually, um, you know, do some trench runs or oh, do some trench really cool run stuff. would be rad. I mean, there's so much opportunity. There is so much opportunity for expansion and growth within this game. I, I it would be a shame for it to be left out. But yes, currently no plans uh, for for those things. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So no uh, no plans for DLC or new modes. They were they intended it essentially. What they've delivered, they're you know ready to fix up and do all of that kind of stuff. But pretty much that's it. Like that's the the final product that you're going to get. So we'll be interesting to see how these things develop in the future. Um, if they develop in the future, what kind of stuff they're going to do? If it's like a Squadrons two, or if this is just a teaser for um, for something that's coming in maybe the next Battlefront. Who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll find out very shortly. But look, before we get into it in more detail, duty, we have a sponsor. They are Culture Shock Collectibles. What do they do? You've heard us talk about them a thousand times. You've heard Fuzzy throw it to me, and I've fucked it up multiple times, but today I'm going to do my best not to. They're a collectible <laughs> store, of course, at culturestruckcollectibles.com. You can go on there and see their extensive range of hot toys, of uh, Funko Pops, of new action figures of He-Man that are coming out, and of course I'm still waiting for my Dragon Dagger because uh, I'm going to be playing with that during both episodes of Shaken Not Nerd and Shaken Not Noob. Um, the <laughs> new pre-orders up at the moment is the Corizontal, uh, Corizont uh, Clone Guard, which are the clone oh, yeah. guards that are white and red. You see them in uh, in the after the, the fight with Yoda and Sidious in episode three. They're the guards that go, hey, we can't find Yoda. Spread out your search. They're the red guards. So they're sort of like... Um, prelude-esque to uh, the Emperor's personal bodyguard, sort of. Um, so we're getting a pre-order of those, and we're also getting uh, now pre-ordered the Clone Wars Darth Maul, or Maul because he's not a Darth anymore, a hot toy from the Clone Wars series. Um, so we yes. talked about him last week. He's got a heap of accessories. He comes in that sarcophagus box that he gets transported in. So you could have Ahsoka, you could have Captain uh, Commander Rex, or C- Captain Rex, uh, not Captain, Commander, um, as well as clone troopers escorting- Commander Cody, Captain Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, the clone troopers escorting Maul if you wanted to have that sort of dynamic setup. Um, so it's all pretty cool. And there's a, there's an Anakin Clone Wars. There's an Obi-Wan Clone Wars that is so good. I'm tempted to get rid of my current episode three- <laughs> <laughs> for that one because I like the Clone Wars armor look. It looks wicked. Um, so you can and find of course, a- if you want to, if, if you want to uh, complete the pre-order set as well, uh, you can also get Ghostface, uh, who goes really nicely within that sort of vibe as well. So um, yeah, Ghostface is now available for pre-order. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's 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 a different company that's doing that one. And the price on those figures, I just stupidly astound me. But yeah, they're they're doing Ghostface. They did uh, previously. They've done Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, all that sort of stuff. So there's a horror lineup that they've that that company's done. Um, they yes. also, that company also does the or is doing the original X Men uh, one six scale figures. So there's Ooh. yellow and blue Wolverine. There is you know the the blue spandex with the yellow belt strap. Yellow of, and blue of uh, uh, Cyclops, and there is a pretty sweet Magneto in the sort of magenta purple uh, sort of pretty lineup sweet. that looks pretty cool. Yeah, nice. There we go. Um, so yeah, check them out cultureshockcollectibles.com uh, for all of your nerdy collectible needs. Yeah. But yes, uh, let's talk about it, mate. Let's get into it. Let's talk about Star Wars Squadrons. I'm so excited to talk about Squadrons. <laughs> oh, mate, we've, uh, I mean, we've both played through the single-player campaign, which was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, we've both uh, done a bit of multiplayer as well, which has been a lot of fun. Cross-play um, as well. 
yeah, crossplay. Um, I will also note that uh, we did crossplay. Uh, I do have the uh, PlayStation version. Uh, Judy has the Xbox version. I was also in VR when we were doing um, uh, the crossplay, so that works fine. Totally fine. Yeah, which is fucking amazing. So <laughs> it took it took two seconds to set up. It was like, all right, cool. What's your EA name? It's this. All right, cool. Founder and you know, added his friend, and off we go. How like I I'm uh, look. Let's just start talking about multiplayer. We talked about it before. Multiplayer like cross play across platforms should be the absolute bare minimum standard for any multiplayer game in the future. If it's that fucking easy to do, every game should be producing it. There is no excuse for not being able to uh, cross play with other platforms. It's just absolutely none. Yep. Like if they can do it that fucking easy for a game like seriously that is stupidly complex. Like think about the the aspect of like having somebody in VR and then obviously having somebody not like being able to be able you know run those within their own environments and connect on the, like seamlessly on the internet. I have no idea why any other games can't do that immediately. I'm really looking forward to to the eventual, and I assume it's going to be next year. I don't know. I'm assuming yep. that um, yep. uh, Formula One 2021 is going to be crossplay with PlayStation and Xbox. So then oh. you know we. Can can finally do me and you and michael from culture shock is a big formula one friend so then we can all sure. just fucking race <laughs> <laughs> yeah those, i mean those kind of games need to uh, like need to lift their standard this is now the basic level of standard that i would expect from any multiplayer game like considering how easy it is to do we've seen a lot of games work really well i mean you look at among us we talked about we had the other day we had people playing on uh we had someone playing on the playstation a bunch of people on the pc someone playing on their phone and like all of those connected seamlessly there is no there is absolutely no point that any multiplayer games from now on should be just on that particular console or pc none whatsoever anyway rant over let's talk about the game <laughs> time to get on did you tell us tell us about squadrons what's it what's what's going on what do people need to know cool so squadrons is a first person only uh simulator-esque if you will a dogfighting game for star wars um and it is so simple in regards to its the the developer motives uh i wouldn't say short so narrow focus on the gameplay itself that it's simple um and i i've said this before that um this game what 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 went wrong with battlefront 2 was they had too many spinning plates oh do we do large game modes oh do we do starfighter or something oh do we do ewok hunt where this game is going we are just doing starfighters we aren't focusing on ground battles we aren't focusing on fucking heroes there's not going to be pickups and levels and fucking star cards and all that bullshit we are just doing space battles and if you want to get upgrades and stuff like that, you play the game and you unlock it. You don't buy it. You just play the game and unlock the upgrades. Um, so it's a first-person, you know, uh, five-on-five uh, multiplayer dogfighting game. There's two game modes mm. of multiplayer. There is the standard dogfight mode, which is, you know, your standard team deathmatchy first team to reach so many kills wins. And then there's a capital ship assault mode, which is a little bit of a tug-of-war scenario. So it's still five on five. Um, the, the the round starts off with, let's say for Imperials, you have your Imperial Star Destroyer. Then you'll have two Imperial Frigates that sort of escort the Star Destroyer. And then you'll have the uh, same thing on the, the Rebel or New Republic side. Um, it'll hmm. start off with uh, each team essentially just dogfighting each other. The winner of that sort of fight, you'll then be told to attack the enemy Frigates that are protecting the sort of the big capital ship. And then after after you take those out, you go after the capital ship and take that out. Um, and it's sort of like, all right, cool. You're losing this tug of war. The rebels are defending really well compared to your attacks. All right, the, it's the rebels' turns to you know attack you now because you didn't perform too well when you were attacking. They did really well defending. It's yeah, it's a back and forth. It yeah. is first person only. As Fuzzy said, it's VR capable for the PC and the PlayStation Four, which sucks for Xbox fans. <laughs> <laughs> Should have gotten that VR market, buddies. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. And um, every cockpit is unique in its own way, um, and it is mm. absolutely fantastic. So there are four separate classes to play in, uh, in in squadrons. There is the jack-of-all-trades fighter, which is the X-Wing and the TIE fighter. There is the interceptor class, which is the A-Wing and the TIE interceptor, which are incredibly fast and do some really good damage against enemy fighters, um, but they do very, very little damage or basically near no damage besides being an annoyance to, like, capital ships and big ships. Uh, you then have the bombers who are the you know heavy hitters they're really really great at taking out anything but with 
they're a lot slower and their maneuverability is fucking awful to the point where like you're getting chased by a tie interceptor you're like well i'm fucked um you then have the support ships, which are the U-Wings, which is what you see in Star Wars uh, Rogue's, Rogue One, and the TIE Reapers, which, of course, you see in Rogue One as well, but you also see it in, you know, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and all these other games. Uh, and then from that, you have the support ships who can then buff you, they can hide you from enemy scanners, they can repair you, they can give you reinforce, oh, not reinforce, they can um, resupply your uh, rockets and stuff if you run out of rockets. So it's sort of like a little bit, you know, like playing... I like to uh, assimilate or sort of uh, align it with like playing Call of Duty, you know, yeah, TIE, sure. TIE fighters, next wings are assault rifles, interceptors are submachine guns, uh, the the bombers are shotguns, and the support staff is the guy with a riot shield. And you're going, well, who has a riot shield? Then you, you know, look behind the riot shield and there's about five people lined up behind them. Um, <laughs> so, so that's how I'm sort of putting it together. And it's, it's fantastic. Each cockpit is immaculate. And honestly, it feels for you probably because you got fucking vr but it feels like you're actually sitting in the cockpit uh and it got to the point where you know i'm i bought myself a new office chair and as i was playing and swinging left and right i was swinging left and right in my office chair like swinging as i was fucking moving and i was like oh i'm fucking in the zone uh it's it's a great game there's no microtransactions in this game you can customize your own pilot with their own voice helmet flight suit uh you can put skins on your ship as well um, so I've gone for the uh, the red the the emperor's big red guards that he has in episode six. They had their own special tie fighters, which are red tie interceptors. So I've gone, yep, I'm having that. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm still playing it now. Um, yeah, we, we we did do some multiplayer crossplayer, and at first, you know, me and Fuzzy were talking and you know all that sort of stuff, and then we went into a second game. You know, we joined in with you know some randoms, and me and Fuzzy are talking, and then you can you can hear these like two American guys who. Don't sound like they know each like that they've never played it with each other before, but they're calling out attacks and they're acting like it's actually Star Wars. Like, all right, I'm going for my bombing run now. I need someone to cover my six. Oh shit, I'm going down. Like it, it's really immersive. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's it's nerdy as fuck, but I'm really enjoying this. Like people calling out yeah. and acting like it's fucking Star Wars. Um, it's it's pretty cool. And you're calling out like yeah, learning where things are on the other ships and understanding how that works and just battle plans and trying to make that. I think that's a really fun aspect of it. So, and. I will say there is that that tug of war stuff that you were talking about, where you know you one side's getting up, the other side's getting down. I think that that's kind of I don't know if I enjoyed that mechanic particularly. I don't think it it works as probably as well as it should. It maybe drags out the games a little bit longer than it needs to, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it does sort of drive you to particular you know tasks. So at one stage you're having to defend and you can't push forward. The moment you try and push past a certain boundary line, then the enemy like. Like the the enemy cruisers start just nailing. Yeah, they they, you they lock so. onto you. So the the yeah. I've, I've figured out as well with further playing of the of the game is the further away you are from an enemy cruiser, there's sort of there's a, a bit of a grace period. If you're too far away, it can't target you. If you're in the middle ground, every turret on that ship is pointed at you, and they fire all at the same time. So that's when you go across the boundary line, you're fucked. Um, yeah. But then when you're told to assault the capital ship and the, the single player game tries to sort of teach you these mechanics and stuff, you got to fucking boost into the capital ship. If you go under their shields, then sweet, you're not, you know, dam- damaging the shields, you're actually damaging the ship itself. But if you get nice and close and tight with the ship under the shields, the turrets can't target you. And that's when the fighters need to come in and defend the ship because the turrets can't actually reach you, which I thought was yeah. really, really cool. If you're... If you're trying to pull off these, you know, awesome attacks and stuff like that, but you're sitting, you know, in game, you know, 20 meters or 30 meters above the ship, it's like all the turrets are pointing up and they're shooting at you. But if you get like right above the skin of the fucking hull, they're not going to hit you. You're too close for them to hit you, which like Mm. you watch the start of what is it? uh, The Last Jedi where, you know, Poe boosts into the, the, the Dreadnought and it's like, all right, it's too close for us to use our guns. We have to scramble fighters. And that's exactly what this game tries to do as well. Absolutely, and there's a there's a bunch of really cool mechanics within the game as well. Within the individual fighter, you can you know move shields around to protect different things. You've got power systems that you're managing within the fighters as well, so you can focus on speed or mm. shields or um, like firepower. So depending on the situation, you're constantly managing um, various aspects of the things that are happening within your ship, um, as well as ammunition and um, you know the, the health of your fighter. Like there's there's a bunch of really cool 
cool things in here that that make this game like so dynamic um is like there's there's never really one approach or one right way of doing things there's a collection of ways and if it works for you that time then that was the right way you can also do it 50 other ways as well and that same and a different combination will work just as well so it's i think it's really interesting how they've um they've included all of that it's it's something that like was severely lacking from um, the yeah the the space fighting game uh, space fighting aspects of Battlefront two and also Battlefront yeah so the, um, the- they just they just didn't have the the personality or character of of this game like it's yeah. it stands alone on its own um it's you know there are different you know it's less modes i think maybe than battlefront 2 but there's so much more to it and i think just then even in those those simple camp like those simple you know to and fro battles trying to take down each of the you know the star destroyer or the you know the the cruiser like there's so much within that that could change how you play this game that i think it's just it's awesomely deep yeah, so Battlefront One had the system for their for their star fighting mode that if you pulled the accelerator down, your weapon strength would go up, but if you push the accelerator, your weapon strength goes down. So it was like a, yeah. a give and take sort of system where what they've done with uh, with squadrons is you have power diverted when you spawn in and when you you know fly out of your hangar, which is great. Every time you die and you respawn, you fly out of the fucking hangar. But um, your power is equally diverted to for an X wing, it's into your speed, into your engines, into your shields, and into your firepower and you can divert yeah. power on the fly with the xbox it's the d-pad i assume it's the same on the playstation as well you use the d-pad to select um but by pressing the relevant button you divert you take the power away from your shields and your firepower you put it into your engines you'll fly faster you know you put it into your shields you take it away from your firepower and your your engines you can take more hits um and stuff like that and the the little attention to details or not attention to details but the one of the things that we previously spoke about when we were getting hyped and ready for the game was there was a trailer for it and you can see a TIE fighter go straight into fucking hyperspace and I went, no, they don't do that. I was freaking out personally about all this (laughs) cannon shit and they've just gone, TIE fighters don't have shields. Yep, cool, understandable. But what you can do as a TIE fighter is convert not only all your power into your engines but you can sap the power you've already charged for your lasers and immediately put it into your engines so you go stupidly fucking fast to the point where no one can catch you or you can take all of the power from your engines to the point where you're going stupidly slow but you're incredibly dangerous um and i like it that's how they've done that with you know an x-wing versus a tie fighter like x-wing yep it's got a shield it can protect itself the shields you can put to the front or to the back of your ship depending on you know what's going on in your situation where tie fighters is like cool you're more exposed you have no life support all that sort of shit like that but you can go stupidly fast and you get some really unique maps with this game that's like in the middle of an asteroid field and you know there's footage of me fucking playing it i'm in an x-wing and the tie fighter just disappears and goes where the fuck did it go it was in front of me and it's gone (laughs) so it's I, i really like what they've done Absolutely, there's the there's pros and cons for either side, and I think it's uh, understanding how each of those sides works and works differently that makes it so interesting to play. And like, yeah, you know, I've gone through and I, I I started out with you know, oh, I really want to fly X wings and I really like these things, but then I ended up moving more towards the Y wings and the Tie bombers. Yeah, I think like as bomber classes, they're fantastic. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on with them, but the firepower that they can pack is crazy cool. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, look, I, I I think there's some the, like the preference choices that you might have or you might go into the game with won't probably be the ones that you end up playing most often, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. I think there's just so much fun that they've added into this game that yeah, it makes it easy to like. Um, it's also very easy to pick up, like to understand the basics of it, but it's it becomes one of those easy to learn, difficult to master games, which is really cool. Yeah, I've 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 you know I played my first round last night with Ian and he just he, he played the tutorial and yep cool I'm ready to play online I'm like no 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 you need to spend <laughs> you need to play a little bit more of the story you need to figure out how to divert power and all that sort of yeah. stuff and then two minutes into our first match playing against the AI we got fucking destroyed he's like I just spawn yeah. and die and I'm like where are your engines what's your firepower like, I don't fucking know um, so you need you need <laughs> so to learn a little playing bit. it again <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to you need to spend a little bit of time with it learning but it's the attention to detail, the sounds, everything is captured perfectly. Mm. Like when you hear the, the roar of a TIE fighter as you push the engines up, oh, it's it's, it's fucking rad. Um, now, let's, let's, I'm just going to go into a little break here. Um, let's talk about the VR because, yes. wow, 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 wow. 
Now, there are I, I have a few VR games which have been a lot of fun to play, um, but they've all been very deliberately. Oh, that's yeah. You know, oh, that's neat, but yeah, it's not going to keep me around. Uh, this is per, like almost the perfect VR game. It's perfectly designed for what it needs to be. It's uh, easily accessible within the VR modes. Like it doesn't use the uh, the move controllers. You're still using a regular controller. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's just fun. Like moving around, you can actually uh, change the settings as well, so that the settings will follow. Like you'll fly with head movement. So if you're looking in particular directions, you'll move that way. So that can be quite cool. Okay. Um, I've, I haven't got that set up, so I can you know look around and you know look at the battle while I'm flying and you know flying a particular direction. Um, but yeah, there's just some really really fun things within that. The way that light moves in there, you can swivel all the way around and see behind you um so you can, if you stand up and turn around it's you know it's got all of that 360 movement and it's just so so good it's very very immersive i ended up doing like a three four hour session the first time i played it and it's just it's crazy how sucked in you can get to it so i'm totally uh, like i i've been doubting in the past why i bought the vr this is the reason why these kinds of games are exactly the reason why you buy vr it's so good it's so much fun and and as well like you know previously we've spoken and there's no vr for xbox but if you double click the right stick you can freely look around the the ship but i think you told me it's like take a look around the u-wing and the tire reaper and, and like I, you know, I went into fucking practice mode so I could just fly in free space. And then you can actually see, like, the inside hole of the fucking, the U-wing where, yeah. like, Genoso yeah. and shit like that sits. I'm just sitting there going, fuck, this is fucking cool. And then, like, having to play around <laughs> in the X-wing and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, if someone's chasing you in the VR, you can just fucking turn your head to see where they are. And, you know, that yeah. whole sort of thing that, like, fucking, you know, the attack on the Death Star when Biggs is like, I can't shake him. And he's turning his head left and right to fucking find the TIE fighter. You can do yeah. that in this game, which is fucking cool. Yeah, it's so cool. It's such an awesome aspect of this game that, like, it's one of those ones, like, I'd played the, um, so Ace Combat 7 had a, had a single mission that you could fly in and yeah, you're in a jet and flying around and yeah, it's, it's one of those sort of like it's almost like a demo mission um, for, for later on so it's only one specific thing and it was it was okay it was you know it wasn't the best thing I'd been in but it was probably one of the better VR modes I'd seen and I was like okay that's cool but I need more I want to play the entire game like this this uh, this game will let you play from start to finish in VR mode um, yeah. so you play start to finish multiplayer you can play the entire experience in VR without ever having to put it on the television it's such a good way of doing it I, I yeah I, I'm so happy that I've, I've been able to do this and look if you are if you're borderline on VR um, I think it's definitely an excuse uh, a very good excuse to upgrade um, so if you've got it on you know if you're lo- thinking about it for PC if you're thinking about it for PlayStation definitely do it I know if you're if you've got it now it does carry over so they're, they've going to provide uh, PSVR support on the PS5 um, so don't worry about missing out there um, but yeah if you've got a you've got VR on the PC as well just get it it's it's so worth it yeah and this this game is also uh, not necessarily say backwards compatible but it's it's moving on to next gen um, so yeah. when you look at the cases of it you know if you can leave your house like we can't uh, on the on the physical cases on the the Xbox one it says Xbox Series X and Xbox one um, so it is going to be a next gen game as well which you assume by it going to next gen they may potentially look at adding some DLC. Um, uh, yeah, uh, look, I would suggest at this stage not until unless they got massive, massive support to change their minds. But you know, they are very firmly in the case of it's not going to happen, so don't worry about it. But look, I think I think there's enough content in there for now uh, to enjoy it. But I mean, they've got maybe I think it's about uh, eight maps that you can go through for the um, for the multiplayer AI, you know, ship battles. Then you can do ranked challenges on those same maps. And then um, I think there's dogfighting available as well. So there's a bu- there's a there's a few different modes in here. It, I think it needs you know I can understand why they priced it the way that they have because it doesn't it feels like there should be a little bit more in there, right? Yeah, th- there's no atmospheric maps as well. So you're not you're, yeah the only atmospheric map sort of and I wouldn't say really atmospheric is Yavin Four, um, and yeah. you're you're in the clouds. There's it's it's a fantastic vibrant looking map, but there is nothing there. It's just clouds. Um, it would have been. It there's been a cool. lot of like 
there's more of that sort of extended Star Wars universe stuff there rather than um, like you know some of the the, the traditional movie stuff. Yeah. Um, so like it would have been cool to see you know if you're doing DLC like adding in ships from you know the you know, the the prequels or you know adding in the Battle of Coruscant and all the rest of it, like you know adding in those kinds of things would be really cool. But yeah. it's yeah I mean and especially because I think the the game's story is set after the uh, original trilogy right uh it's set yeah so it's set uh after episode six um but it yep. is also before the battle of jakku which is one year after the battle of endor so it's it's in that okay. 12 month-ish period um yeah the story mode isn't going to be relevant at all it doesn't really doesn't really go like oh well at the end of the game we find out why luke skywalker went and fucking awol or, or whatever it doesn't really do anything in that regards there's no, no there's no it, actual it's life more of it. a i think there's a, a lot of cool nods like there's a lot of um cool lore within there yeah um so there's um an appearance from harrison doula who was in um the star wars rebels show yep. um so there was a and there's, there's a bunch of different like little there's, references there's like, all over the place <laughs> Yeah, and like you know, that just wedge shows up as like, oh for fuck's sake, get, I don't need to see more wedge, right? Wedge is awesome. Least, wedge is the least interesting part of any of those movies. I know he has a cool backstory and extended universe and all the rest of it, which may no longer be relevant, but he, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I, wedge can go jump anyway. But like, I think there's um, some really cool, like, just uh, nods to different things within the extended universe. Um, within this game so yeah if you're looking for that kind of stuff there is there is a lot of that lore there um and but i think a lot of those like the the characters that they introduce apart from that um are very i don't know they're just a little bit throwaway like i i I didn't really particularly care too much for the story or the plot of of what was going on there yeah i found the new republic side incredibly boring um yeah because the game will flip between certain missions you'll swap sides uh and then you don't do too You'll do two missions as the Empire and then two missions as the New Republic and stuff like that. Um, I found the New Republic stuff incredibly boring uh, in regards to its story. Like, there's like, oh, there's a moment where you think someone's dead. I'm like, I honestly couldn't give a shit if he's dead or not. Like, I I don't (laughs) care. Um, But I preferred playing as the Empire because it's so interesting to see the Empire on the back foot and you join this, you know, this TIE fighter squadron who have, you know, one dude's like his his face is so fucked. He has like enhancements in his neck and in his you know in, you know robotic lungs and shit to the point where it's like the helmet stays on. Don't ask me about it. Like the first time you talk to him, <laughs> he's like, "Yep, the helmet doesn't come off. Don't ask me about it." Um, and you know you can hear him coughing and wheezing and all this sort of shit. But like it's got more character to it. It's really cool to see this you know this big empire going into fuck it. They're crumbling and they're just going. We need to attack. We need to fucking do all this shit. Um, and. That's what I found interesting. And, and actually having a team dynamic of going, okay, that's the gruff one that as soon as he says everyone needs to calm down, everyone calms the fuck down. This is the chick that, you know, goes off, you know, and starts chasing fucking rebels and blowing them up and laughing while she does it. Like, everyone's yeah. got their own niche. Where with the rebellion, it's all the New Republic, it's just, I'm a Trandoshan who speaks English and I have white skin. Cool. Like, there's, yeah. no, there's no separation between the characters in the New Republic side. Yeah, I just it, it felt a little bit washed out. So look, apart from apart from some aspects of the story which were interesting, I just I was unconcerned by anything that went on. It was it was more about trying to like speed up the process to get to the next scenario, which were you know the scenarios were amazing, and I think there's um, there was a lot of fun to be had within within each of those. So. Yeah, look, uh, I think it's um, it's it's been a good fun experience. I've enjoyed all of it, and I'm, I look forward to playing more of it. Let's let's talk scores, buddy. Let's let's give it a score from your side. Uh, four and a half, easy, four yeah, and easy, half. four wow. and a half. Okay. Uh, really enjoyed yeah. it. The very small issues that I had with it, and to be honest, if if they keep expanding, should they keep expanding, whether it's a sequel or DLC or whatever, I think it's only going to strengthen it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, I'm going to give this one a solid four. I think it was uh, it was really good. I think there's some aspects of it that um, the campaign was probably just long enough, barely. Um, it could have done with a little bit more, like, you know, I wanted to see more references back to the original trilogy or at least something, you know, some more characters if you're going to do that or just completely disregard that and do something different. I just don't think they did enough of either. Um, but yeah, like just flying inside uh, an X-wing, flying inside a Tie Fighter, like 
those experiences, like actually sitting, like feeling like you're sitting in there, are really amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a couple little things that take you out of it though, and uh, one of the one of the things is when you're in an X-wing, um, one of the uh, screens that you see in front of you is reflective, and you see a reflection of an empty seat, so you don't uh, actually see the pilot, and it's just it's one of those things that every time I see it now, it's like, well, I, I should be able to see this character that I am, you know, and you you can you know level up and you know gain in-game currency to you know buy different skins and all the rest of it and the only time you're going to see those skins is when you're in like a victory menu at the end oh you can you can view it inside the hangars after you've picked your ships and stuff at the start of the game so you can all like vr wave and all that sort of shit it feels like a bit of a waste and even like the skins on the ship like because you're flying inside the ship the whole time and there's no sort of third ship view like it's like you're never going to see it (laughs) Yeah, you see it in like so, introduction, like you know, a little CG yeah. introduction thing, and when you win or lose, it's, you see it. It's just not enough. Like, like there is some really cool things, like you can buy different holograms for inside the ship, and you know, little dangly things to hang off the side, and it's it's a little bit comical. So yeah, there is those aspects. Or I think just some of those customization options are a little bit uh, overdone. I don't think you need them to enjoy the experience. But yeah, look, for, apart from that, like I said, if you're into VR, wow, what a game to buy. Um, it's it's 100% my favorite VR game that I've ever played. It's so, so good. But yeah, I just think there's there's other aspects and it is just, it needs one or, one or two extra game modes or a longer story to get a better score and probably be worth a little bit more at the shop. But yeah, for the price it is right now, 49 bucks, I think it is in Australia, totally worth buying yeah totally worth the experience i agree 100 percent. yeah yes but there we go so that's it for this week um i was going to talk about fifa but we've gone over time today we will be back next week i've only just got my started to get my hands on it we'll be back for a full review of that next week talking about fifa 21 um which is out this week so yeah definitely uh if you're into fifa it's it's a little bit different this year i'm looking forward to uh getting a bit more into it Ooh. Uh, ooh, do, they still, do they still have unnecessary neon? <laughs> oh, this year it's purple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you a bit of a, uh, a taste, uh, taste test, taste test, yep. a teaser for my uh, for my review. Um, I've referred to it um, as the color theme is washed out Ribena purple, um, or, or it's like somebody left Thanos in the washing machine on laundry day. It's just a little bit washed out purple. That's yeah, that's the kind of theme we're going for. Um, very similar, like a lot of in-game, very similar feel to last year, but um, that when you're actually on the pitch playing, it's, a, it's, it's a very, very different, and I'm very much enjoying that aspect of it. Right on. So there we go. Um, but, yes, we'll be back next week to talk about that and many other games. Oh, boy, it's been a big one, mate. It has been, yeah. <laughs> I need to lie down after this one. Um, but, yes, uh, join us again. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, maybe. Do we still do Instagram? Yeah, uh, YouTube's, YouTube's been dead, but Instagram's been going. I've, I've refired <laughs> up the Instagram. Uh, excellent. There we go. Um, or you can check out uh, Duty on his YouTube page, Call of Duty. No, it's just Duty. It's just Duty now, D-U-D-I. <gasps> just Duty? Yep. Is it J-U-S-T? Just Duty. No, no, it's just... Um, it's just <laughs> Duty. <laughs> <laughs> Smelling of Troy. Um, okay, there we go. So check out Duty on the, check out Duty on YouTube. It's going to happen. Um, you will have a lot of fun. I can guarantee you of that. Until next time, this is Fuzzy Dan reminding you that if you are constantly crashing your X-wing into a Tie Fighter interceptor, you got to get food. Tie Fighter interceptor. Whatever. The fuck? <laughs> This is Duty reminding you to lock those S-foils in attack position. <laughs>